Hey y'all, Sam Marisek here, aka the dietitianist. Combine the words dietitian and nutritionist, you get the gist. Super stoked to have Ashlyn Ellenson and Courtney Dale with me this evening. And before we introduce both of them, my go-to disclaimer that this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute a client-provider relationship, nor should it be used for individualized medical nutrition therapy advice. Should you have specific nutrition-related questions, I encourage you to contact me directly. Ladies, what's up? What's hello, up, hello. Sam? Who wants to go first? Doesn't matter. I think I, we have similar yeah. <laughs> backgrounds. <laughs> um, I guess we'll start with that. This is Ashlyn speaking. Um, Courtney and I are twin sisters, and we are both registered dietitians and certified intuitive eating counselors. And we share, of course, a lot of the, the same interests and um, kind of career background too, <laughs> similar roles and um, jobs that we've held. I guess I'll start with kind of my experience First off the bat, as a dietitian, I have been a little all over the map. So started in the hospital setting, working with um, helping people with medical nutrition therapy, a lot of chronic conditions like diabetes or really serious things like malnutrition. And in the hospital, it felt really hard to help people because we often had five, 10 minutes with the individual. And, and so that kind of led me to search for other roles and positions. And that's when I really started diving into one-on-one -on -one help at a private practice, which is my favorite thing to do. Um, so now that's kind of where we're at. Courtney and I own our own private practice called Dale Dietitians. Court, I don't know yeah. if you have anything to add. Um, yeah, I was just kind of thinking I was going to mention kind of our upbringing a little bit just so they also know like maybe where it stemmed from. I, I personally don't really know exactly what sparked needs to become a dietitian. Like there's not like a specific um, time where it was just like, okay, this is it. Um, I think it was a combination of things, but growing up, both my sister and I were involved in the cheer and dance world for I think it was like seven years. Uh, it's been a really, it was a big chunk of our life. And um, we have, we both have very support, supportive parents. We have a younger brother who's also very supportive. Um, and we got the same education at a, a local university in Las Vegas. Um, but besides that, very similar experience in regards to uh, being, becoming a registered dietitian and starting off. I started off in the hospital as well, felt the same way. I didn't feel like I was being very helpful to the patient and, and now actually on top of the private practice, my sister and I have, we also work at the same company, which is crazy, <laughs> um, which I'm so grateful for because it's like a wonderful company and it just worked out really well. So cool. So who decided first they wanted to be a dietitian? Ooh, mm. I don't remember specifically I I know freshman year of co college we were both undeclared because we didn't know at the time what we wanted to do 
And we were both in the same Nutrition 101 class. And I remember we both shared passions about learning the basics of nutrition and how nutrition can play such a big role in possibly preventing chronic diseases. But mm-hmm. I don't know, Court, do you remember if there was, I don't I almost, know. I almost feel it was kind of like this mutual conversation where we were just talking about the class and we were saying, oh, maybe this is where we, like, where we could go. Like, this is really awesome learning all these things and we really both loved the teacher at the time and I I remember it as we just had a conversation and we both were on the same page about it and up until that point I think freshman year is when I even learned of the role of dietitian I didn't even know that was a job that existed until that year yeah I remember that too we were just looking into what roles or positions as a dietitian were even an option or what a dietitian even was because we had no idea. So then that sparked the interest and we figured, wow, that's a great way to help people without having to, you know, we thought about being a teacher or being a nurse, you know, dealing with blood and we didn't want to do that. So it was kind of (laughs) like where we fell. Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. It's where I like, I'll do it if you do it. Okay. I'll do it then too. (laughs) I know. Talk to listeners about your private practice, Deal Dietitians. Okay, I'll go this time. This is Court. Um, so Deal Dietitians, I think we first started getting a little more serious about our private practice maybe a year ago, a little over a year and a half now, I guess. And we we were finding that we wanted to kind of niche down a little bit from our other jobs. Because at our other jobs, we see a very wide variety of people and conditions. And we started on this journey called Intuitive Eating, which we can kind of talk about further. But we did want to make our company uh, weight inclusive and our approach is intuitive eating. So we were kind of targeting individuals more who have been on the yo-yo dieting cycle, who have disordered eating habits, and anybody who has maybe gone and seen a dietitian before and it was maybe a more traditional approach that it just didn't fit for them. Uh, So that's kind of like our main target audience, I would say. Uh, We can still help anyone with like the conditions we have experience with. However, we do um, really believe in the intuitive eating approach. And that's kind of why we wanted to start our private practice. Yeah. yeah, Ash, did you want to add anything to that? I don't think so. I think you hit everything of like why it all started. And since both Court and I share the same passion, why not, you know, build a business together and uh, kind of journey down that road. And so far, it's been great. Yeah, so so many questions come to mind. One, how is it working with a someone you're related to? Two, do you all do primarily telehealth? Do you guys have any in-person um, visits and ex- are you accepting new clients? And then feel free to share any and everything about intuitive eating. Cause you know, I'm a fellow fan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Lots of questions. First one was how is it working with a family member or loved one? I think we we've heard, or we've had people mention that as a concern like oh never work with family you know there's a dynamic there that it just doesn't work but with court and I we're it's just different we're best friends and 
we'll tell each other how it is. And I don't know that it just works for us. It may not be for everyone, but we kind of made a promise to each other to never let the business get in the way of our personal relationship. And I think we've done a great job on that. We'll even have like separate calls. <laughs> so I'll call to catch up with court and we'll be like, all right, is this mostly Dale Dietitian stuff or should we just catch up on a personal level? <laughs> so we kind of split it up that way to help balance out, you know, that work in life, sister, colleague dynamic. <laughs> um, but Court, do you have anything to add on that? No, I love that you brought up that. I kind of didn't even realize we do separate it, especially when talking to each other. Uh, but I do remember that being a concern just because other people were concerned about it. But a year and a half in, we have not come across any issues with that. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think your other of your other questions, Sam. Um, <laughs> primarily, I know I was just like rapid fire. Primarily <laughs> telehealth, in-person, oh. accepting new clients and intuitive eating. Yeah. So yes, we are accepting new clients and we are 100% virtual right now. Um, we are licensed in multiple states, so we can see quite a range of people, which has made the telehealth um, so handy. Um, and it seems that a lot of people prefer it now. I don't know if that was just a pandemic thing, but we've mm -hmm. had a lot of success um, utilizing an online HIPAA compliant platform called Healthy. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, we just use that to do our virtual visits. And um, yeah, so yes, we're accepting new people if you're interested <laughs> in learning more, especially about intuitive eating. Court, anything to add there? No, just that we're accepting, <laughs> accepting the <laughs> clients. Noted. Primarily self-pay or insurance? Primarily self-pay. Uh, we do take one insurance right now, United Healthcare. And Ash and I go back and forth every day on whether or not we want to continue getting credentialed with more insurance companies or not. But so far, mm -hmm. we've been very successful um, with just out-of-pocket pay and we do have some different packages that make it a little bit more affordable to anybody who doesn't have that united health care um mm -hmm. so yeah i think so far we're gonna just stick with the one insurance company but that might change in the future and yeah. it's for nevada residents because that is by state unfortunately mm -hmm. so united in nevada <laughs> yeah the insurance credentialing process is no joke it's insane. It's a nightmare. But <laughs> <laughs> well, people say um, it's worth it. So we're, we're remaining patient with it. Slow and steady wins the race, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys are um, like finishing each other's sentences on, on point. So <laughs> let's talk intuitive eating because I'm sure the three of us could talk about that all day. Um, what led you to pursue your intuitive eating certification and um, any and everything that you would like listeners to know about it? Gosh, I think back to an undergrad. I We actually had a guest speaker, um, Leslie Schilling. She's like a well-known eating disorder dietitian. And she came to our class to 
talk about intuitive eating and her book Born to Eat. And it was the very first time I had ever even heard of that concept. And it kind Mm -hmm. of blew my mind in the sense of, (laughs) I remember leaving that class feeling really frustrated that one, we had never heard of it before, because this was, I think, near the end of our graduate or our undergrad program. And I had never heard of intuitive eating. And it felt like it went almost against everything we had learned in a sense, not against, but um, just really kind of blew my mind. And after that, I hadn't really heard about it until fast forward to now I'm practicing as a dietitian, And I started to realize when I'm helping people one-on-one, it doesn't it's not helpful to just tell people what to eat or what not to eat. Like that was not, it never felt good doing that either. I remember thinking, Mm -hmm. well, and you need to just listen to your body. (laughs) I remember like thinking about that, but I didn't really realize how much intuitive eating could help with that. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where it started. And then I learned you could become certified and be a a counselor and, and really understand the psychology behind why we eat. And that just, it just makes so much more sense to me now working one-on-one with people um, to really dive deeper to like the root cause of things. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to add to, um, I remember feeling when I first started in the outpatient world, just helping uh, patients or clients one-on-one, I just felt so like, uh, I don't even know the word, just inadequate, just not um, up in, I just didn't know what to talk about. Like I, I, my main internship experience was in the clinical world and I didn't ever feel I got a lot of experience seeing how people counsel people I mean there's like so there's the nutrition piece but then there's a whole like counseling piece the motivational interviewing and the open-ended questions and we did touch on that briefly in undergrad but I still didn't feel I knew enough about that to help people in the way I wanted to and so Mm -hmm. after I think Ash had finally found out you can become certified in intuitive eating I was like oh this is really cool and then as soon as I started that certification it all just felt so helpful and just not icky anymore like Ash is saying telling people what to do is not helpful most people know what to do um and so on top of learning just about intuitive eating in general and going through my own intuitive eating journey I also learned so many helpful counseling skills which I don't think a lot of people talk about when it comes to the intuitive eating certification Mm -hmm. I feel like I have gained so much knowledge in how to counsel people one-on-one Uh, which I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So that is one of the things I found like the cool, one of the coolest things about the certification for me personally. Yeah. I think I would. Oh, go ahead, Sam. No, no, no. You finished that thought. I I was just going to compare. I feel like it was just a, a huge light bulb moment in my career to like understand intuitive eating, learn about it, get certified and and start helping people in the real world. It just felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. Y'all, if you do not know Siete Foods, I plug every episode, you need to know Siete Foods. All of their products meet a variety of dietary offerings Products include chips, tortilla chips, potato chips, maize, 
tortilla chips, tortillas and taco shells, seasonings, sauces, beans, sweets like churro strips and cookies, and of course, cannot forget their amazing merch. Dietitianist clients do receive products at a discounted rate. You can check them out on Instagram at Siete Foods or by going directly to www.sietefoods.com. Yeah, it's like the content face emoji. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I laugh because I'm envisioning in my head when a court referred to there's such a lack of formal educational training and counseling. But being a dietitian really involves a lot of people skills, those soft skills. And I'm sure you guys can think back to your dietetic internship. You know, you march in there with your plastic food models and you're like, here's your 15 gram, one carbohydrate equivalent. So true. This is one serving. You understand what I'm saying? But like you said, most people are going to agree, Sam, I know an apple is nutritionally more beneficial for me than a candy bar. I know that. But again, it's why are we doing what we're doing? And uh, yeah, the 10 principles of the framework of intuitive eating. One of my favorite activities. Oh, this will be a good question. I'll go first. Favorite activity from the intuitive eating workbook. Mine is where you rate all the variables at a meal and then rank it as pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, man. I think my favorite one is the unconditional permission to eat activity to make peace with food so you find a food that you have off limits or you know you label bad or you feel guilty eating and then you reincorporate it and make sure you have access to it and then you really experiment how it's making you feel and eventually you make it neutral and food is food so I think that's probably my favorite one I would I would say maybe just the one I'm I feel like I'm using a lot recently is the mindful eating, it's more of like a script in the book, but I've created kind of like a handout to go with it. It's basically like you go through all your senses when you're sitting down at a meal. So if somebody is like really in their head about, um, oh, I should or should not eat this. It's kind of one of the tools you can use to say, hey, let's just bring it back to the present here. What does your plate look like? What are the colors? What does it smell like? And I always use the ratatouille example um, if you guys have Sam, have you seen Ratatouille, the movie? Well, it's been years. Jog my memory. <laughs> okay, so there's the chef mouse, and I, I don't even remember the characters' names. This is so bad. I should know this, but um, so well, it's the, the chef rat mouse. is Ratatouille. Is it? Yeah, right. No, that's the dish. Oh my gosh! Sorry, <laughs> I'm <Okay>. sorry. <laughs> so, so, so it's the, the the chef mouse, and then the friend, and the chef is trying to get the friend to like experience the flavors and he has the friend mouse close his eyes and it's like okay take a bite of the cheese what do you taste what do you smell what does it feel like on your tongue I'm paraphrasing here because I haven't seen the movie in forever too um and then he has it the friend mouse take a bite of the grape and it's kind of like this um cartoon of vision of what the mouse is experiencing in his mouth that's what I always reference because that's really what mindful eating is is really just staying present with your food and what does your food actually taste like? Because a lot of people, they're eating food really quickly and they not even they don't even know if they like it or not. 
kind of went on a rant there, but the mindful eating exercise. <laughs> no, not a rant at all. Um, I'm going to go back now and look up Ratatouille. So it's the brother, um, I think, of the main. Is it Remy? I know exactly what you're Remy. talking about. That scene. Yeah, I think yes. it's the brother. And he's like, you can't just hork it down to like enjoy yes. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hork it down. Yeah. Wait, is, is that the actual verb that's used? I think so. I think so. Okay. okay. Noted. Uh, taking mental notes here. So, Related to intuitive eating, I'm curious if your excitement or interest in pursuing the certification had anything to do with any of your experience in the competitive dance and cheer world. I would say 100% yes. <laughs> um, I think a big part of it to me that ties the cheer and dance world into intuitive eating is the body image aspect uh, which is one of the principles is you know respecting your body and being growing up in the cheer and dance world there's this ideal look right it's like that fit I'm using quotations here fit toned look and I do remember always like comparing myself to my teammates uh, and then I even got in my own head so if anyone's familiar with cheer, I'll kind of explain this, but so like the, the pyramids uh, in cheer, there's like a base and a back spot, and then there's the flyers that are on top. And so I never was a flyer, but Ash was a flyer. And I always got in my head, I'm like, oh, am I like too heavy? And do I, do I not look good enough? Um, so I had my own like body image struggles. And so going through the intuitive eating certification, I was kind of able to work through that. And it just helped me improve my body image I I shouldn't say it's it's perfect because I don't think it's ever going to be it's going to be a constant working process but um, mm -hmm. that's what spoke to me about the intuitive eating certification with the cheer and dance world I mm -hmm. will add to um I think just observing teammates purposely maybe restrict or skip foods um, to try to fit in uniform or, or, you know, have, try to have abs or, you know, there was definitely um, a huge focus on appearance. And like Court said, with the training, you really are able to work through some of what you are struggling with and reflect on how that's impacted you or maybe what you observe in your day-to-day -day or if you were in a sport. Um, it's not just cheer and dance. I know it happens in all <laughs> athletes. Um, so yeah, I think one of the most important pieces was doing your own journey, like figuring out your own stuff to work through so that you can help people to the best of your ability. Yeah, I would say similarly uh in the competitive running world too you know the For idea sure. that lighter lighter is faster until it isn't yeah yeah, mm, yeah. then you're a broken toy on the shelf yeah yeah so and uh I think we're learning more and more that wow maybe women are at a greater risk males are definitely still susceptible to this too, especially in the competitive sport world. Um, yes. I think it's that. more than we even think or is talked about. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that's more 
deep or that is deeper um, as far as questions go. But um, I appreciate y'all sharing that because I think that, gosh, other people knowing, hey, I'm not the only one who's ever experienced this can be so encouraging. So um, what else is worth noting? I know we mentioned y'all have your private practice. Of course, I'll put in the show notes, hey, at Dale Dietitians. And then I know y'all have a website too. Yes. yes. Um, com. <laughs> um, pretty easy to remember if you have us on Instagram or Facebook already. So um, are you guys on TikTok? What else are the kids doing these days? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we tried. We tried TikTok. It's been a hot second since we've posted. Um, we we shifted our focus to just Instagram um mainly most recently but yeah tiktok was a lot managing social media is a lot in general <laughs> i know you know this sam <laughs> it's just like is it worth it i don't know <laughs> oh yes i do know, I do know. <laughs> We've, um, i think we have a couple of embarrassing videos on our tiktok <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty cheesy you it's gotta just so laugh amazing. with us yeah yeah <laughs> I've never been on TikTok, so I don't even know that I would know how to find it. So, um, oh, that's maybe better. <laughs> <laughs> Explain the difference, though, to me between a TikTok video and an Instagram reel. Aren't they this like? Is it the same? Basically? Yeah, I thought basically. I think I feel like they're the same. <laughs> I feel like you're maybe asking the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> Some social media experts are like shaking their head, like, no, this is not accurate. <laughs> we'll keep it to the dietitian stuff because we yes. don't know about social media. <laughs> oh, I'm I can't stop laughing. Um yes, yes. My technology skills are subpar, but is what it is. Hey, you're doing um, a podcast, Sam. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Figuring it out. <laughs> trial and error trial and error um do you guys have any favorite uh products resources websites gosh anything like that podcast that you even enjoy listening to books well we've touched touched on the intuitive eating workbook if you're into books or doing kind of your own self-discovery so would highly recommend that I'm almost hesitant to recommend anything in particular because there's just so much out there and it can be helpful mm -hmm. for different reasons for different people. Um, I have a couple, it just like kind of randomly popped up uh, and this might be a little bit not so, this isn't so much maybe nutrition related, but if you're going through your intuitive eating journey and you just find a lot of emotions or like a lot of stuff, psychology that you want to work through one of the podcasts that I really like that I actually got from my dad it's called it's called the adult chair and it's a therapist who does her own podcast and she just has some really helpful tips on so many different aspects of therapy and it's free so you know it's a free resource if you are looking more into that part of it because as we know with intuitive eating there is a big emotional piece to eating right um so kind of off track there but 
yeah, it's called the adult chair. I want to say, right, Ash? Does that sound right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, the adult chair by Michelle Chalfont. Okay, I'll be sure to include that in the show notes. Um, like you guys both said, there's a plethora depending on what type of genre someone is particularly searching for and don't ever want to put someone in a between a rock and a hard place as far as choosing (laughs) choosing what they're um best for their particular needs so um Yeah. yeah guys anything else that you think listeners should know you want them to know or questions comments concerns um my last thought would be a lot of people I talk with I think they feel alone in their journey or their experience but I will say there are so many people in the same boat like you are not alone and if you need support get some help you know we're here to support you whether it's a dietitian, a therapist, a friend, you know, you're not alone. And I think finding people who are going through something similar is so powerful. So don't be shy. Reach out if you're feeling alone, because I guarantee you, you're not. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, Ash, I love that. I, I was just going to say, last thing is to stay curious, I think, through the whole intuitive eating process and just going through any sort of like self-care self-journey is important to stay curious and not be so hard on yourself right judging yourself how is that really helpful Uh, so just being open-minded and and being more curious about what's going on with you and your own process versus just judging yourself immediately because that's I feel like that's kind of what a lot of people do it's just within our in our in our human human self (laughs) yeah yeah guys those are both great very valid points and so appreciate y'all's time i will be sure to include at dale dietitians on instagram omitting tiktok and <laughs> www.thedaledietitians.com wait is it the or is it just dale just dale dale dietitians yeah <laughs> you Her. put an extra the the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Well, ladies, so much fun. And uh, be sure to check them out, y'all. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you so much, Sam. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, a special thanks to my guests, Ashlyn and Courtney of Dale Dietitians. Be sure to check them out on Instagram at Dale Dietitians or through their website at www.daledietitians.com. Full disclosure, no formally scheduled pod episodes on deck for the summer season. I'll be focusing my efforts elsewhere for some fun festivities coming up in Q4 of this year. If there are some impromptu podcast episodes, you can catch the latest happenings on the gram at The Dietitianist. In the meantime, and until next time, y'all, Cheers.